Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Recorded live. It's September 18, 2017. It is actually anniversary for the nation. Officially founded September 18, 2009. This happens to be my father's birthday. And I just happen to have been locked up in jail at the time of the formation. Just wanted to put that on the record. So, um, Noah, the prophet, we hear a lot of different stories about him and his time. And this was on my mind, and this is, was not planned. But I want to speak on that briefly. Noah was a man that was looking and at some point he was looking for a higher power. At some point he got a message that there was a flood coming. Now, many people think like it's written and the Lord said to Noah. So what goes on in people's minds, I don't know what goes on in their minds today, but I know this. Maybe they think God Almighty separated the clouds and spoke out and talked specifically to Noah and nobody else could hear it. Maybe that's what they think. So you can't expect that somebody's in their right mind if they think like that. Then the next thing is there's always the argument about, yeah, the Bible's fake. There's no way that Noah put two of every animal on one ark. It's impossible. So a few years back, I did a podcast called Noah and the Perverts. And it was about people perverting what the scriptures say. Basically, the scriptures do not say that he took two of every animal on the earth. It does not say that. So 
just as people that are finding ways in their mind to try to discredit scripture. Um, Brother Trevon, do you have the scriptures near you? Yes, sir. Can you can you get Genesis chapter seven and let's see verses? Well, let's try verses one through four. Okay, give me one moment. Genesis chapter 7, verses 1 to 4. Yes, sir. Okay, and it reads, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast, Thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. Thank you very much. Now, if you heard what it said, for those who, uh, who may be unfamiliar, it was male and female of seven, seven in number, which would total, in this case, 14 of the clean beasts. Now, let's use... What would be clean? Okay. Um, I don't know. It's talking about seven. I can't think of anything specifically right now. A dove. Say that again. A dove. What was that? Yes. It's Brother Andrew. I shot at a dove or a pigeon. Okay. A dove or a pigeon. So there might be seven different types in that particular dove species, or one of the doves, another of another type of fowl of the air, but it's in sevens. So it is not talking about two of every living creature on the earth. It's talking about two and seven forms of all the clean beasts and all the unclean. So it's not talking about what people say, right? But here's what here's what's happening. It says that in seven days, the Lord is talking to Noah and says, in seven days, 
there's going to be a flood coming. Now, for those who may hear this in the future, for those who are on the line now, do not how I'm going to describe this. But you really have to see this. You're telling me that people believe that God Almighty parted the clouds and talked only to Noah or something of that caliber. Nobody else could hear God except for Noah. However it happened, that's what people believe. What I'm saying to you is what in reality happened? And what is the difference between what happened and how it was described in Scripture? Here's what happened. Noah was a scientist. Noah could read the sentence. Somebody needs to go on mute. And somebody go on mute because you got a lot of sound like kitchen noise. Noah was a scientist. He could read the seasons. He could read the weather patterns. Now today, you turn on anybody's TV and watch the news. And tell me, do you not see a meteorologist that's going to tell you, hey, in the next seven days, there's going to be rain. What are your thoughts, Brother Eric? Shalom. Yeah, they they always trying to they always predicting the weather, and they always know uh, the weather's uh, I could say seven to ten to sometimes fifteen days out. So uh, that that make a lot of sense with that you. Yes, that's right, brother. Shalom, hello. Shalom. Who is that? Who is that that said hello? Shalom, Eric. Yeah, I had you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, <laughs> my phone was on mute. I was talk, trying to talk. Yeah, one moment, everyone. E.K., what are your thoughts? Well, yes, sir. Yeah, um, it's interesting because um, 
what I take from all of this is the most high works through people in situations. So the fact that we often hear in Genesis, you know, that the most high created man in his image, so to speak. So obviously he would impart his wisdom in man to manifest some of the things that have to be done on the earth, so to speak. So if the most high is talking to Noah, there must be a body of people or someone that is delivering a message on behalf of the Most High that Noah could understand in his quote-unquote quote unquote human element where he can be able to discern what is to be done next, so to speak. So it's the same thing with, you know, the meteorologists where they're obviously predicting, you know, weather patterns. They're obviously studying the seasons and how, you know, um, certain um, uh, uh, forecast conditions are going to affect certain uh, regions of, of, of America or, the, or other parts of the world. So it's almost the same thing where it's like, you know, people have these, uh, you know, responsibilities that they've been commissioned by the Most High to deliver these type of messages to the people. And if people don't heed that, then that's their problem, that they didn't heed that message because you know, that's just sort of how, you know, reality works in that in that sort of sense. So and the other part of it is people don't see the state of mind that the brothers and sisters of our ancestors were in to understand some of these different type of things, so to speak. So when the scriptures is written in that creative language to depict how things happened, people think take it from that standpoint literally and they missed the whole big picture altogether. So that's where that confusion comes in. So um, all in all, you know, just the most high really does work to people in situations. And if people are paying attention, they can sort of see where that's coming from. And so I yield. So very good, brother. And as as I hear it said, like there's some of them that to tell you 15 days out. All right. So some of the people on the earth today will say to you, well, they'll go on the news and say an eclipse is coming, a lunar eclipse, a solar eclipse is going to happen in such and such time, and it will happen at exactly the time they tell you. Nobody looks at the meteorologist and calls them a prophet. But they do call them scientists. Now we got to wrangle with the language. The Lord spoke to Noah and said to Noah, there's a flood coming. Trevon, how do you describe that when you weigh it in today's world? How do I describe that? Yes. What can you compare it to in today's world? I can't describe that right now at this time. Could you come back to me, brother? Okay. 
No problem. Andrew, how would you describe that? Shalom, brother. I was in an elevator, so I wasn't really quite hearing exactly what was going on. Okay. Can you repeat that? Or uh, maybe you want to come back to me later on? I'll come back to you, brother. Okay. Do it. So, the scripture says... The Lord said to Noah, in seven days there's going to be a flood. But today, somebody that you call a meteorologist will get on the the TV and tell you, in seven days, there's going to be rain. In seven days, there's going to be a thunderstorm, a tornado, a hurricane. So, what is this describing when you read the Lord spoke to Noah? How do you compare it in modern language? Um, Shalom, brother. Please, I'm sorry. This is Brother Gavin. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, I was thinking about the explanation, the interpretation with in today's world from the language of the biblical interpretation of the scriptures. Would I would interpret that of today's, uh, you know, uh, meteorologists speaking about weather being prediction of a weather happening, a pattern in the future or going forward, days ahead would be like a forecast. Aha. Uh-huh. Very, very good, brother. Shalom, Sister Nisha. Sorry for retarding it. So, a forecast. Four meaning something that's going to happen. We're telling you ahead of time about something's going to happen that's coming up. That's right. Okay. So when you're reading the description of the Lord speaking to Noah, um, you got to really see what it means, what it actually means. E.K., describe that. What does it actually mean? As far as what the Lord is saying unto Noah. Yeah. What does it really mean? How is that actually happening? Somebody's telling Noah that there's a flood coming. Well, not somebody, but what about something is telling Noah? Mazarop. That's one. Could it be his intuition? It's not. It's, it might be part of intuition, but that's not what I'm looking for. Spirit. Inner spirit or inner man? 
No, not that. It's not. It's very explainable. What I'm saying is very explainable. All right. The study of nature. So nature is telling him that a flood's coming, just like nature is telling a meteorologist that it's going to rain next week. So is a meteorologist talking to the Most High? Or is the Most High talking to the meteorologist? And only the meteorologist. You go out there and try and predict it's going to rain tomorrow. (laughs) People can't do it, right? Because they don't know how to do it. So apparently, Noah knew how to do it, just like a meteorologist today knows how to do it. Okay, did that make sense, Sister Crystal? Yes, sir, it did. You're basically just saying that um, when you say nature, you're just saying how the, the trees are reacting or how the animals may run away when something's or fly away when something's coming. They would give him signs that um, the flood was coming or was near, and with that I yield. Yes, but only Noah understood those signs. So nature was talking to Noah, and nature said to Noah, it's the Lord saying it to Noah, hey, Noah, it's going to be a flood in seven days. Okay, anybody confused about that? Brother, Brother Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Shalom, shalom. Yes, at first I was kind of confused about it because I was trying to see what you were doing with it. But now that you broke it down, when you're talking about Moses and everything and how he knew, how he was paying attention to, like, the weather, the skies, you know, the trees and everything, just nature itself, and he knew that it was something coming. So, yes, I get what you're saying and how you broke it down. Because at first I really didn't. I was trying to get what you were saying. That's why I said spirit. Yeah, so, look, so one time I'm out with Sister Tora. This wasn't very long ago, right? It's like, she said something on the line, like it's about to rain in the hour. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that? And she said, hold on, let me ask her. Tora. Do you remember telling me it was about to rain in the hour when we were outside one day? No, I remember. Oh, okay. She doesn't remember. But anyway, she said something like she can smell it in the air or something like that, right? And so I'm saying nature was talking to her. The Lord was talking to her. That's how we wrote it creatively that's the creative language we use to write that now you get that same language same story to the average everyday individual who does not understand hebrew culture doesn't does not really i don't care if they call themselves a hebrew they still don't get it 
because there's specific things like this that I'm talking about, which separate those who connect to the ancient Hebrews and those that have made up some new religious Hebrew stuff. Okay, because this is part of our culture. Native Americans could do this, rain dancing, and then all of a sudden it rains. Did they make it rain, or did they just know to dance when it's going to rain? So my point is, peoples with these made-up false ideas about what this book is describing is easily dissected, broken down, and explained. When you use common sense. Now, flooding the whole earth. In history, there were there were massive floods on this earth and various different times of the earth. And some people uh, don't understand the connection. All right. There's a plot of land that is missing from the earth when you try to connect all of the pieces together. And there's a there's a piece of land that's missing that does that's like a hole. Okay, so what happened to the hole where the land was? Where's the land at? It sank. Is it the bottom of the ocean, sir? Shalom, for the peace. Yes, sir. Um, question: That would have happened to be what these um storybooks called Atlantis and these TV shows called Atlantis? Yes, sir. That is correct. I'll ask at least one part. But yeah, it's sank. Now, why would land sink unless there was a flood that helped it to sink? My point is when you look at this Logically, you start to see things very clearly and they start to make sense. Now, let's verify that there is under the ocean cities. That's verified. So that means the water and the altitude of the water had gotten high enough that it helped this land to sink. Now, between 900 and 9,000 years, there people's calendars are all different, so people don't actually know whether it was 900 years ago or 9,000 years ago. I'm, I'm going to suggest to you it's probably closer to 9,000 years ago than 900 when we're talking about this mystery Atlantis. Some people call it the land of Mu, 
MU, whatever. Here's my point about it. It's evidence that some type of flood took place at some period in time. If you check Sumerian history, if you check Babylonian history, if you check Egyptian history, you're going to find that there are various flood stories all over the earth. The problem is where people get confused is people think that because these various floods happen in different time periods according to whatever clock or calendar they use, that this all of a sudden invalidates Noah's flood. For instance, in Egypt, Kemet, particular time of year, the Nile River rises, and it kind of floods particular regions. At the same time, there's an odd crescent moon where the sun and the moon cross vertically, leaving a crescent like Underneath, when in the scriptures where it says there's a moon underneath her feet, the crescent shaped like a boat or an arc or an arch slash arc. So what they were saying is every time these floods would rise, this water denial would rise, and this crescent moon would happen, they would call it the Ark of Noah. Anybody heard of that before? Yes, sir. What have you heard, brother? I've heard of the, the one of the gods unknown or in ancient Egypt, they call it Arkanoa, which is in the sky, supposedly. Uh, related to the story, Noah's Ark. They call it Arkanoa. Mm-hmm. So, here's the crazy thing. I'm saying that that validates the floods that happened. And I'm saying floods with an S during the time of Noah. I'm saying when you're looking at the moon, every time there's a moon interaction with the earth, most people know that it's going to affect the waters of the earth. Well, a lot of people know. I don't know if most people know. A lot of people know that. If the moon is too close to the earth, it causes certain things to happen with the waters. 
cyclones, tsunamis, hurricanes. So as we're looking at this, there was a rare eclipse where the moon passed by the earth, causing an eclipse. Right after that, all of a sudden, the waters of the earth started to react. No, that's not a coincidence, and it's continuing. Keisha is coming. What's this other one coming? Lee is coming. Marie or whatever. I think it's Marie is coming. Consistent water, uh, natural disasters, I guess you would say, are happening chronologically one after another. Okay. So, if you look at this thing and understand what they were talking about thousands of years ago in the Ark of Noah in Egypt, what they were talking about in the scriptures in Babylon and Sumer and all of the most ancient writings, they're not talking about a made-up story. They're talking about a science that everybody understood, particularly the prophet Noah. There's some place, I think, I want to say Scandinavia. Did anybody see these massive mudslides? Did anybody see that? No, sir. What was this recent? Yes, in the same time frame of the um, the the uh, eclipse. No, no, I haven't. Seen it. I, did. I did see some, but I wasn't sure where it was. I want to say Scandinavia, but I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, but it started with an S or something. I just can't remember how to pronounce it. South America and various places all over the earth, one after another, have been triggered by this eclipse. Flooding, mudslides, hurricanes, tropical storms consistently. Now, if I'm an ancient meteorologist, and I know that this is coming. I know that it's about to hit the entire earth. Does not mean that the whole earth was covered with water at once. Based off of one event in one area of 40 days of rain but rather a series of events that cause floodings in various places all over the earth, just like it's doing today, just like we're going through this right now. A hurricane coming right down the same path as Irma is on its way now. 
meteorologists know this. And they don't think like some idolater. They think like a scientist. But only they know that science. So it's only nature talking to them, whereas you and I that may not know this science, nature is not talking to us. So we are not hearing the voice of the Most High. But they are. What are your thoughts, Sister Nisha? Shalom, I'm here. Um, I think that that was brilliantly articulated. <laughs> it, once, once you actually know the sciences, and you know, you know the air pressure, like when the air pressure drops to this, and the barometer reads this, and you're looking at the clouds, and you actually know what you're looking for, you can basically read the signs of the time. And that would be nature as in Sister. Can you want to hear me? Yes, brother. I yes, yes, brother. Something must have happened to her phone. Oh, she dropped off. Well, hopefully you all can see what I'm saying. Now, when you match this with everything that is written in the scriptures, and every time you see where it says the Lord spoke to such and such, the Lord spoke to such and such, don't think in terms of some unexplainable spook. Think in terms of science and reality. You see, you go amongst the, like, part of my family is Native American, so I kind of grew up with this already in my mind. They would talk, people talk to plants, right? So the Torah talks to the plants. And she's, like, telling me, you know, when you talk to the plants, they feel it and they grow, they respond. That's built in her to know that. Native Americans talk to nature all of the time. It's just that I'm using the term nature instead of God or Jesus. But that's actually what the real God is. And Sorry, that's my call dropped. I'm back. I yield. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it just it's perfect. It's perfect. That's all I I mean. I can see how people could get caught up in labeling certain animals or certain uh, statues um, as deities and stuff like that, wanting to have something tangible to hold on to. But the fact is, it's beautiful, too, because as much as you realize that you can control your destinies and there's another part of you that realizes that even though there are some aspects of it that you can control, you're really not in control of everything. So 
I I think that um that was just beautifully articulated. Like you just if you know the sciences, you can pretty much predict what's going to occur. But even if you're predicting what's going to occur, there's still a chance that it won't be to the devastation or the mildness that you might be forecasting it to be to. You know, um, I think it's kind of the most high just to be able to give us these sciences and be able to heed the warning so we can be prepared. And I yield. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Now, understand it took a long time for us to observe these things, record these things for generation after generation to be mindful of until we got to the point where it became second nature. So you could say, hey, um, it's going, the wind is blowing this way. That means that it's going to do such and such in the, in the next two hours. So to somebody that has no idea that that, that that was a study that was scientifically explained and passed down and taught, and they see somebody else do that, they might be spooked out and think that that individual has some type of superpowers. Most of the things that are happening in scriptures and on this earth that people believe are some type of superpower are all explainable. I don't care if you read it in a history book. Wherever you've read it, it's explainable pretty much 100 for 100 times. Now, when I was growing up, does anybody remember what they used to say when the sun is out and it's raining? Anybody remember what the saying is? What that means? Shalom. His wife? I can't tell who went first, but who was the sister that was talking? Was that Sister Crystal? Yes, sir. That was me. Can you repeat that? When I was growing up, they always said the devil was beating his wife. Well, I never never grew up where you were, and I'm in Detroit, and that's exactly what I heard, too. The devil's beating his wife. Now, just think about that. Now, why we say that, I don't know when it, when it does that. I don't know. But I know this. I know too many people that have heard that. So, descriptions of things that are occurring in nature, we give a higher power these descriptions and definitions. So, when it's thunderstorming, God is angry or whatever. Um, When it's lightly raining, Jesus is weeping, whatever. But my point is we automatically know 
to equate nature with some type of supernatural occurrence as far as a higher power. We automatically know. So when you look at this, history makes a whole lot more sense and things that are occurring make a whole lot more sense when you separate your mind from somebody's philosophy, somebody trying to attack scripture, discredit it, disprove it. Let's make sense of this. There's not some, there's always an inner voice, which is the most high, speaking to you, your higher self, your divine mind. That is the most high within you speaking to you, yes. That is the spirit, that is the inspiration and all these other things, for sure. But the point is, you can make sense out of it. All of this foolishness where people argue Egyptology versus the Bible, people doing that really are showing their complete ignorance because one thing we can prove is that Egypt was named Kemet, and Kemet means land of Ham. So who the hell is the Ham that the land was named after? And why is the same Ham that the land was named after appearing in the scriptures? And the real reason is because they came from the same father being Noah. Ham came from Noah. Shem came from Noah. This is why when you look at the language, hieroglyphics or medunetr, and compare it to ancient Hebrew, it's done in symbols because it's the science that outweighs your limited thinking and trying to make yourself superior to somebody else by arguing dates. <laughs> trying to discredit other things and call it plagiarism when that makes no damn sense either because if you have a sibling and the, you and your sibling have the same parents, how are you going to say that I plagiarized my brother when we both had the same parents? <laughs> That's not plagiarism. I have a if I have a brother, a biological brother or a sister, and we split, they go their way, I go my way. Like in my real life, I haven't seen my sisters in many years. Okay, so I don't know what they've grown into. I don't know how they think, but I do know we had the same parents. So I know that we have something in common. So if I wrote something down 15 years ago, and they write something 15 years into the future, that means I wrote it first. That means they plagiarized it for me. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. 
That doesn't even make common sense. That is totally illogical. <laughs> you, you, you can't convince me that people are not influenced by other people. I have I have never lived in Georgia, so why is it that Sister Crystal and I both know that when it rains and the sun is out, it says that the, the devil's beating his wife? Why do we both know it? Now, if I write it down and she doesn't write it down right now, she writes it down 10 years from now, so now all of a sudden she plagiarized it? No, she did not. She learned it just like I learned it. And wherever she learned it from, just because I wrote it down first, doesn't mean she plagiarized it. That's if I wrote it down first at that, because then they're, they're messing with calendars and all that. They can't even make sense of all of that. Who just came on the line? It's Rahman. Salam, brother. So, hopefully that makes sense, what I'm saying. Uh, Let me see. Who did I miss? I don't think I missed anybody. So, Brother Eric, what are your thoughts overall? Shalom. My my thoughts overall is... uh, that uh, uh we we as a group of people we 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 lost as far as we we argue argue you know the Bible and everything and we'll see the problem but we won't uh try to be a become part of the solution uh far as you know they'll say well you know you got some dudes in New York or wherever they be they be saying that they you know, try to compare Kemet and we need to go back to Africa, but when you get there, they have no solution for that, you know, saying that we leaving. But uh, overall, you know, how you broke it down and everything, you know, we grateful to have a uh, teacher such as you. And uh, I just learn every, every time, every day, because you learn something new every day. But every time we get on the line, I learn and uh, keep up the good work and hope we can be a, a product of this new environment and of yours and the uh, order of Melchizedek and, you know, set it off to a good name and everything run good with that idea. Lord bless you, brother. Praise the Lord. Ta-da, Wow. Um, you know, I, I feel so um, at peace when I look at life and I don't feel a need to have to prove anything to anyone. Like, I don't have to prove, like, hey, I know more than you. No, I, you know, and how I was taught, one of the things these elders said, they said, listen, there's always going to be somebody that knows something that you don't. Okay, what you think you know, how much you think you know, 
There's always going to be somebody that knows something that you don't. So it behooves us to always remain humble. And they also said, don't be afraid or intimidated when you run into those who absolutely have a total different uh, knowledge base that you can't even conversate with. Let me tell you what that did for me. Just them saying those kinds of things. It gave me the ability to simplify things, to make sense out of it in a more expedient manner. So what I will do is I will look at something that I have no knowledge base on. But I look for something that I can compare it to based on the knowledge that I have acquired or the things that I've been exposed to, excuse me, and see if I can relate it. Then if I can relate it to something I'm already familiar with, then it makes me, it gives me the ability to figure it out in a more expedient manner. But it doesn't make me feel like a know-it-all because I don't want to be that, and I'm not foolish enough to believe that I know it all. It doesn't make me feel like I have to um, just prove everybody else wrong, you know. And I also realized how I was taught you, you should just try to remain humble because no matter what you're doing, you got to know that somebody knows something that you don't. And you can and will run into them, and they will make you feel like an idiot when you were walking around thinking like you know everything, feeling like you know everything. So, Donald Trump, again, I really thought about this. It may seem like it's totally off subject, which is partially is, but I, I got to say this. Jamel Hill ESPN tweets out, Donald Trump is a race uh, white supremacist. Now, wait a minute. Did anybody see that, by the way, what I'm talking about? The whole body. I saw what you were talking about in the aftermath. I saw the tweets in the aftermath and then all of the different media outlets commentating on it. Um, I hear. Okay, let's reason with this. Let's reason with this. She says he's a white supremacist. And he gets angry. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, I'm not understanding this here. <laughs> Let's use common sense. Donald Trump is angry for being called a white supremacist. If he's a white supremacist, why would he be angry to be called a white supremacist? If he's not one and you call him one, I think that would make him angry. 
Listen, he's a nationalist. I'm a nationalist. We're nationalists. We're nation first. But it's not about being superior to others. Like how clan members think. I just can't for the life of me equate Donald Trump to a white supremacist with any solid evidence. And I don't mean his association with white supremacists. Most of the Negroes that I have ever met in the conscious, the so-called conscious community are black supremacists. <laughs> they are just point blank. They believe that they're innately superior. They really believe this. A supremacist believes that they're innately superior. Some God-given right to superiority, they're better than others. So I associate with these people. Some of them are friends to me. Some of them I've done business with them. But if you were to call me a black supremacist, I would be offended and I would not like that. I wouldn't. Just because a lot of the people that I know are doesn't necessarily make me that. And I know people say birds of a feather flock together. But hell, most of the people that are into the things that I'm into that are in the conscious community, they just happen to be black supremacists. But I don't agree with that foolishness, personally. I don't. I'm a Hebrew. Some of these Hebrews are black supremacists. Just because I'm a Hebrew doesn't make me one. And I don't want to be associated as somebody that's out here calling the white man the devil. This is how I feel. So don't call me a black supremacist. And don't say that I hate Caucasian people or white people. I don't. I don't look at them as my friends. I know they're our historic enemy. I know they've done evil to us. I mean, I'm not a black supremacist, period. So I'm looking at this, and I'm going to compare it, oddly enough, to the same people being able to read history and call themselves teaching it. Look, look at what I'm saying here. Any old nigga, excuse my language, can pick up a Dr. Ben book, an actual Quasi video, or whatever the hell, and then go out here and call themselves a master teacher teaching about Egypt. But yet, they won't sit down and reason with simple things like what I'm speaking on with Donald Trump. Now, people are going to believe what they want to believe. Everybody here, you you believe what you want to believe. But let's, let's, if, if there's an argument against what somebody believes that is substantial, you got to consider it. If you consider one, you must consider the other. Here's what I'm saying. These people are not objective. They're not impartial. 
they are biased. When they read history, read scripture, and then try to interpret it and call themselves teaching. They're not even using common rationality, common sense. They're not using it. So it's one of the major flaws of our people. You get a piece of information, you read it with your common understanding, you think you've mastered it, and that makes you call to be some teacher and come wake your people up. You're not fully learned. You're not qualified to even speak on these topics until it begins to resonate and germinate within you, particularly where you go within yourself and try to find something to counter what you originally thought. You you haven't even waited. But my point is, people follow trends. People are following what's popular, what they heard. They're not looking into these things. They're not investigating these things to see if these things, what the real truth is. You know what I did? I went back. I tried to find blatant racist comments from Donald Trump. I can't find any. I can find stuff that people are saying is racist. But I can't find any blatant racist comments. And I have looked for since January. (laughs) I'm not saying they're not out there. But I know all the things that I've heard thus far. People keep saying, well, when he was campaigning, he was making one racist statement after another. What racist statement? Oh, he said that Mexicans are rapists. No, that's not what he said. He said they're they're rapists that are Mexicans, yes. But he didn't indict all Mexican people as rapists. So it's crazy. Now, I'm just using that as an extreme because Donald Trump is a sensitive subject. <laughs> but I'm I'm saying here you here's what the conscious community has done. Nation of Islam comes out with the white man's the devil, 1933, something like that, 1933, 1934. Everybody that is in this conscious community today is still under that paradigm of thinking. They looked at the success of the Nation of Islam, and they said, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to change it up from Islam. I'm going to make it Hebrew. I'm going to make it Pan-African. I'm going to make it Black Panther. I'm going to make it 
um, red, black, and green. But the essential thing is going to be the white man is the devil. <laughs> I'm just going to say that, like, yeah, they were right. The white man is the devil. But, look, they're wrong about Islam. Uh, guess what? John Henry Clark said that the original slave masters were the Arabs, and Islam is wicked and evil, and Islam comes from Ma'at, and all of this madness. It's complete madness. The people are not using real reasoning abilities. They're not properly studying. They're just babbling, making enemies of their own people talking about all this foolishness and debating history and and all of that. And these same no good Negroes can't even unify for two weeks and organize themselves for two weeks. And these Caucasians can tell you what happened at exactly what time 56 years ago on a basketball court. <laughs> and these Negroes can't even tell you what happened last week at their meeting. <laughs> but the white man is the devil. Do you see what I'm saying, Sister Nisha? Oh, yes, sir. I mean, we could... Man, I look at YouTube sometimes just at different things, weather forecast, news, it's broad and, and national, uh, sermons, whatever, whatever, whatever. Sometimes I come across just ghetto ratchetness, and I'm just like, oh, my God, these are the children of the next generation, these are the kids that people are supposed to be looking to to usher us into the future. I'm just, like, disgusted. And these videos that are posted at these, you know, whatever, you know, mostly, you know, um, you know, these college gathering grounds where they'll have, like, they used to have, you know, Miami Beach spring break. They used to have, um, and I don't know if they still do that, they used to have um, Grant's Tomb up in Harlem when I was younger. They used to have the motorcycle fest out in um, in North Carolina. Uh, I don't know if they still do that. They had, used to have Labor Day weekend, Virginia Beach. Um they used to have the Freaknik down in Atlanta, which I ain't never been to, and I never heard if it's still in in um, existence that they're still doing that. But when you look at these different events that our people flock to, to quote unquote online and have some fun, and even if you just look at Kanika uh, Jenkins and you look at Kendrick Johnson. And they were supposed to be around the body of their peers. There's a lot of black devils out there. So to try and specify one particular nationality as where all the devils lie is just 
ludicrous. You don't even have to look at mainstream media to see the buffoonery that goes on within our communities. You can go to YouTube and look at the videos our own people upload of themselves and be like, holy crap. So that alone right there, if you're in a same mental condition and have some sort of rationale and can step back and just look at all the different avenues of media that we have available to us, just by doing that, there is no way that you can arrive at the conclusion that just white people are the devil. Because there's a lot of devilish stuff going on in our community and in other communities as well. I mean, China, you know, they're building babies and selling baby parts like crazy. They're eating dogs. You go to Africa, they're raping their women. They're, they're killing, you know, different tribes that are trying to migrate for better opportunity right in South Africa. You go to Europe, and the, the neighborhoods in Europe is just as segregated as the neighborhoods in, in America. You go to South America, there's all sorts of buffoonery going on in South America, all sorts of craziness, Jamaica, Haiti, Dominican Republic. I saw a video of some Dominican guy saying that they were going to, any Haitian they found over the border, they were going to kill them. They better go home, and there's no place for you here. You know, Haitians that come to seek refuge here. And, like, so all that white man alone exclusively is the devil is just buffoonery and rhetoric because there's a lot of devils of lots of nationalities. I yield. Yes, ma'am. You what is it? YouTube? I think it was YouTube. The group? No, was it YouTube? No, it was. Uh, oh, what's that group? In excess. Every single one of us has a devil inside. A devil inside. A devil inside. <laughs> Anybody familiar with NXS, the group, ladies group? That's a music band? Yeah. Oh, never heard of it. NXS? I've never heard of it. I-N-X-S. It's before your time. You're a younger generation, so. Yeah, I'm a young buck. I don't know what that one is. You see, when I was coming up, like, um, there wasn't as much division in music as it is today. Like, um, you could turn on a quote-unquote black radio station and you would hear um, Boy George and Culture Club. Uh, You would hear George Michael on a black radio station. And the same vice versa. You turn on a white radio station and you hear Rick James. Yes, sir. It was like it was a lot different. Um, so I grew up liking a, a whole lot of European music. And I mean literally Europeans like Thompson Twins, Duran Duran, um, NXS, like all that kind of stuff. And, and back then, it wasn't uncommon. It was like common for us to. So it was like strange when. 
it started to become more segregated again. But anyway, my point is um, you got to be able to look at life objective, objectively. You got to be able to start to to start looking around you and not trying to play the victim mentality. That's class D, like we talked about. Um, you can't do it. Okay, there was an acquittal. Police officer got acquitted from killing a Negro the other day. Anybody see that? Yes, sir, I did. What did you see, sister? What, do you remember who it was? I, I know they were talking about that the op, they caught the officer on camera planting the gun on the victim, and he still got acquitted. I did not hear that part. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. Mo- Well, well, well. Here's here's what happened. Um, Sister Nisha, Class B meets up with a Class D member. Class D member ends up dead. What are the repercussions to a Class B member? Sister. What are the repercussions for Class D member? Yes. Oh, wow. I don't know if there are any. There aren't any. (laughs) They just proved it to you. Hmm. He, he was acquitted. He was acquitted. And listen, this type of uh, information base and this type of thinking is not for the common everyday individual. They cannot reason like this. They can't separate the emotion from it. Brother Eric, do you see what I mean when I'm saying that? Yes, sir. They, Shalom. Yes, sir. They can't look at it through a lawful perspective and uh, see that where their status at. They uh, they look at it through feelings. Uh, with that, I yield. Oh uh, yes, sir, brother Alex. Do you see what what I'm saying here? Long, brother Priest, I didn't really even hear you. Can you say it again? Why these judges are, um, excuse me, why these officers are acquitted? Oh, man, because I think, you know, just being a part of the system that they're in, they stick with each other. And not just that, by us not, you know, being labeled who we are now here and acting all beastly and doing things, they're getting away with it. Yeah, uh, so, well, Amya, are you there? Yes, sir. Do you see this? What are your thoughts? 
Are you there, brother? He's no longer there. Uh, who else did it? Brother Trevon, what are your what are your thoughts? No, Trevon. Okay. <laughs> Brother EK. Shalom, yes, sir. Um, you almost have to sort of put yourself in the shoes of a judge and see how they see it because it sounds controversial, but it's like it's not what you know is what you can prove in the court of law, so to speak. So it's like when we can see that from an objective point of view, from an impartial point of view, and separate emotions from that, then you get to see the whole big picture. But because we live in a sensationalized time period with social media and everything, our objective, excuse me, our perception, our viewpoints are very skewed. So we can't see reality from fiction, so to speak. I mean, reality from fantasy, rather. And that's why we get confused as far as like some of these verdicts are concerned so to speak because um another thing that could also add to the mix is um not to be wrong but i'm just something i was just sticking out in my mind was like some of these officers belong to like fraternal orders so they have some some people may have certain rights of passages so to speak right so but that doesn't mean that what they do is wrong so to speak but it's just from a law perspective on how government sort of works with these different um, bodies of people and these different organizations, fraternal organizations, people have to see the bigger picture of what's going on in front of them. That doesn't mean all of the officers that do these wicked things are not going to get their just due in their own regard. They will, but it's just from this vantage point, it just has to be looked from what the judge is seeing, with the evidence that's presented for him or her. So I yield. Very well put, brother. Listen. Uh, priest. Yes, sir. Uh, I got shut off. I don't know what happened. Yeah, did you hear me call you? No, my phone cut. It cut completely off, so uh, I logged back in. Okay, wait a minute. I see South Carolina. I just noticed it. Is that your king? So, so, uh, brother, yeah, I'm here. I just got on like a couple minutes ago. Okay, brother, Shalom. I didn't, uh, I didn't see. So, um, but here's the thing. Separate. Emotion. You get get your emotions aside, and let's look at this logically. Now you can you can overthink some things, and it, you can make some things that seem logical become illogical. That's that can happen too. But you got to first try to approach things by separating the emotions from the logic. So, it is totally illogical to believe that an entire body of people that have placed 
another entire body of people on slave ships with chains. The ones who were in the chains and and the captives are going to one day rise up and be equal to their slave master while under the rule of their slave master. That's just as ludicrous. You can rise up and become their equal when you go and govern yourself. Yes. You may even become more advanced than them. You might be more you might be better at some things than them. But to think you're gonna remain under their rule and be their equal is completely ridiculous. Then this is even more ridiculous. The people who have militaries manufacture their own weapons. They have tanks and nuclear bombs. You're going to get your little militia and get your weapons, and you're going to go into a bloodthirsty revolution against them? It's not a war, and it's really not a revolution. Then you're going to pick up a weapon and defeat these people. That's crazy. That's a suicide mission. They have technologies that the that our people can't even think of yet. But these people believe they can pick up arms, and that's what this is about. They they, they have convinced themselves. With all due respect, I love Black Panthers. But I, I think that they're not seeing something. These modern-day Black Panthers, like the new Black Panther Party, definitely does not get this. The old Black Panther Party might, might but these new guys don't get this. You're going to pick up weapons to defend yourself, fine. But you think you're going to wage war against the police, the sheriff department, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, the National Guard, <laughs> and it's just you, a few Panthers with a couple of machine guns and uh, some rifles. Are you crazy? The red, the black, and the green, the RBGs, they're going to pick up weapons. It, it's, not, it's not a war. Not, you can't call it a war unless both parties have a military. You can't. Sister Crystal, what are your thoughts on that? Um, um, basically, uh, what you're saying with the A, B, C, and D, when you're in a mindset, in a D status where you're delusional and in an outrageous, outrageous state of mind, then, you know, when you're in a system that is not really for you, if you're in that state of mind, then they're going to put you down every time because they're going to protect their own because that's what they're they're here to do and at this state of time until you know your mindset is turned around and with that I yield. That was wonderful. Exactly. The, these people are so emotional and caught up, which I understand is going to evoke emotion. But our our history with them, with these people, has not been pleasant. 
and there there's hurt, there's pain, I get it. But here's the problem. When something that makes reasonable sense, something that is civil, something that is actually able to empower you without thinking you're going to defeat them with weapons comes along and you reject it? Boy, you're really sick. Because that makes no sense. You're not going to defeat these people with guns. It's not going to happen. Anyhow, I was bringing up this whole thing with Noah because when you get down to the core of proper thinking, one day this nation is going to take rulership over this earth again. We can't not have these people that can't deal with their own problems, that turn their blind eye to the wickedness that is around them, going to pacify wickedness and then live with it. We can't do that and expect to maintain peace and order. Eventually, when you keep allowing foolishness and wickedness to be amongst you is going to cause a divide. That's what it's there for. Foolishness and wickedness do nothing but continue to breed upon itself. As does discipline and order, it breeds upon itself and it multiplies. We can't have these blame shifters, excuse makers, lollygaggers, lazy, shiftless bums in leadership roles. They can't be in leadership roles. It's one thing to give our people a chance to grow out of it. Another thing when they reject the growth. You have to separate from your own people who are nothing but savages all around us, believing in goddamn fairy tales and things they can't even comprehend. And they want to make a, they've made up, they made up this fairy tale in their mind that the white man is the devil. And that he's, they've even told, they've even made it so that he's all powerful and he has no righteousness within him. He's He's not impartial. He's just going to be all with you. Christians don't think that way. <laughs> but these so-called leaders in the conscious community think that way. And they're the worst. Anybody following that kind of thinking is going to get put down. We got to be civil. We got to shake all these quirks is what I'm saying. Listen. We have to do this now. Nature is giving us signs. And it's particularly speaking to us. So as I'm describing Noah, we 
some of us here, not everybody here in the nation, some of us can hear the Lord speaking through nature and through these signs and telling us what our moves must be. We are seeing the same warnings that Noah was seeing. And Noah went about the right kind of business. I'm saying to you, you got to hear me. Dealing with your debts, getting those out of the way, building up our network is the answer to transforming our lives because you're going to need to collect gold and silver coinage. You don't want debts on you that you cannot solve commercially or otherwise. You can't solve them commercially, and the only way you can solve debts is in a labor slave status. You don't want to leave that for your babies. Enough is enough. So we have to build our social media up and start building our network up of who of us um, promoting one another's businesses and, and what have you. We got to do it. We got to do it now. So everybody, please, if you're able to, be there on the Thursday line. So thank you all for being here. We'll be here back again next week. Shalom. Shalom, Shalom. Brother Priest. Brother Priest. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, this is Brother Gavin. I was I was speaking to uh Brother Emmanuel. He called me today and uh, he was saying um he was still waiting for your phone call, I guess. He was uh talked to me this morning about it. Uh about the um the amount of uh what he what he told, I don't want to say specifically over the phone. He said what you're supposed to specifically um, give him the amount, uh, that number. Okay, Gavin, listen to me. Yes, sir. Don't relay anything from him or anybody else to me, but particularly him, when he can call me himself. I got you. Okay. Now, now, listen, this ain't no indictment on you. Yes, sir. But what I don't understand is why he has to talk. See, listen, I knew this was coming. That's why I said what I said that last couple of weeks. Yeah. Because I knew who he was going to come at. Hmm. I knew it. Hmm. What you do just to stay out of it, just ask him, has he tried to contact me? He's probably going to do that. He actually did say he did. And then uh, I, I, I don't want to talk about it on the phone. You know, unless you want, to, you want to call me privately, I can talk to you about it. Well, I mean, it's really not a private matter now, but there's yeah. nothing else to discuss. 
There's nothing else to discuss. Okay, sir. You know what I'm saying? Because it's very simple. Man, listen, this this hear me good, Gavin. Yes, sir. Please, whatever you do, do not relay stuff back and forth. Because I was I, because because there's something that you you I don't think you see that he's doing. I do, and I and I told him I was like, I don't want to get involved with that. You gotta. I said you just. I think you should talk to him yourself directly. And he said that he was trying. You know, he was trying. I guess reaching out, and I don't know. I didn't want to get involved too deeply. I said, uh, it's not my situation to be, you know, I don't want to get involved relaying messages back and forth. Gavin, you tried to... I did to, tell him that. You, so. you know, you tried to reach out to me, right? And somehow you can contact me? Right, sir. But listen, I gave him the information. I got you. That's what I'm saying to you. So just be very, very careful. Yes, sir. I saw it coming. That's why I asked the questions that I asked, because I knew exactly who he was going to pinpoint. Hmm. <laughs> I knew it. Mm. Oh, you have to really stand strong on this, man, because... There's other things going on that you don't know. Nobody really knows, but I know. And all of a sudden, who does he reach out to? Well, I did actually call him trying to get Nathaniel because I couldn't reach. I was trying to find his other brother. Um something else. So I reached out to him first, and then he called me back. Yeah, okay, that's fine, but guess, but guess what subject he probably brought up? What did he bring up? He was there, how, how's the nation doing? How are they keeping up? How's everything going? So everything is fine. We're doing a lot of things. Then it went into, um, I said, I said, by the way, you know, Brother Priest was uh, asking for you in general, your whereabouts, because I haven't spoken to you in a while. He said, oh, yeah, and then that's when he said what he said. <laughs> yeah, man, don't. that's what I'm saying. Don't discuss none of this stuff, nothing, nothing. Got you. Well, I, if I ask about him, damn it, I just asked about him. But right. listen, we, we were at this point. We were at a point that was really, really bad with certain people in the nation before. Right. I'm, I'm not making this indictment on him. That's not what I mean. But there were similar circumstances that have happened before. And the, some of the, the worst possible things occurred that were attacks on me and attacks on this nation, and I had right. to go into covert operations. Okay. Yes, sir. 
I had to go into covert operations. So I'm still in covert operations. But I was waiting for it to surface. So just don't say anything. And I know it's hard because, you know, you have general conversations, but I have trust and faith in you. I do. And and we still got some things we need to do with the people that's um um in the, uh, behind the bar. So we you know we got to take care of them too. But I got trust and faith in you, and we got to stand strong and protect this thing, man. So yes, be sir. very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful with the words you you use. I see. <laughs> Because it's more serious than what it looks. Mm. It's way more serious. Mm. So, um, yeah, man. Anyway. Gotcha. Thank you for the alert, brother. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.